Welcome back to the Marks of the Roundtable. I'm Eric. I'm Phil. And I'm Preston. And today we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. Well, actually, the thing, this is going to be our first um, two-parter episode where we're going to talk about the state of wrestling as it as it is today, both the negative and the positive. So it's really just our entire critiquing of pretty much what wrestling is right now compared to what it used to be. Yes, we will do all the positives today. Today, we're going to talk about what we like about wrestling these days. Nothing. No, <laughs> oh, be quiet. And uh, all of the all the reasons are going to be Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 next week, since we know most of you will probably be more interested in the negative, that's going to be the next episode where we'll talk about what we don't like about wrestling as it goes today. So, I mean, I know I don't keep, like, as up-to-date on things that are happening as everybody else here, but I, I really do think that this uh, Chris Masters guy has a future along with Carlito. I think that the two of them right now in the tag team that they have uh, is going to go up to the... And I see them, like, feuding over the world title. And... Oh, I don't know. I, I don't think they're as good as Eugene, that new character they put out. <laughs> uh, all right, we're going way back. All right, so we're going to start out with some rumors. Duke the Dumpster Drosy! News and rumors. Hey, we, we, can't, we can't let that fly. Smack on the wrist! Bad! We do not talk about failed characters in the early 90s. <laughs> I thought he was Hopper. in the 80s. <laughs> T.L. Hopper. All right, news and, news and rumors. Um... <laughs> The, the, the one one of the biggest things right now that everyone's talking about is news is apparently Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn being sent home from the European tour. Yeah, I, I just see it as a vacation type thing for them. So. Well, according to what I've heard on the dirt sheets, pretty much it was because they screwed up their match with the New Day where the New Day afterward was supposed to beat them up a little bit more strongly than I guess what happened. And they pretty much said to hell with that, rode out of the ring and walked up the ramp. The, apparently Vince wasn't happy about this and they got sent home for the rest of the tour. Well, you yeah. know what I'm not happy about? That Kevin Owens never got a rematch for the universal title. And that kind of plays into it. If it was that they went into business for themselves. I mean, they have just not been treated very well in like over the course of the past couple of years I, I don't ever know. since he went to smackdown man it's just been downhill and even with Sami Zayn, i'd say Sami Zayn should have had a championship by now you know and he even he even turned heel which you you know if you're gonna have Sami Zayn turn heel why are you gonna have him get beat down by the new day immediately well First of all, I'll say, yeah, Sami Zayn's been not treated as well on the main roster as he should have. Kevin Owens, not, I don't agree with as much, but that's debate for a different time. The thing I've heard about this whole being sent home from the European tour thing, which if this is what's the going on, it's kind of brilliant, is this actually might be a work. Because anyone who's keeping up with SmackDown currently knows that Sami and Kevin Owens, their characters, are really upset with their with their place on the SmackDown roster and complaining that they're not on Team SmackDown in the Survivor Series match. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are speculating that this is actually a work to help feud the story that they're going to somehow get involved and cost Team SmackDown the match. So, and I, I, I could see that legit happening. I mean, it's legit that this is real, but 
WWE has done stuff like this before too. That is true, but I, I don't think it's a I don't think it's a work. I think it's just uh, probably they they probably didn't do something you know something that Vince didn't want, and they probably have been acting up or something, and they got sent home. So it happens all the time. There's usually somebody that always gets sent home on the European tour. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna hope that it's uh, that it's more the the work angle because that's kind of brilliant if it is true, and also just I don't want Zane or Owens to be in trouble with Vince because I really like those two being on being on WWE television. Excuse me. They are some of the best talent they have. So, mm-hmm. but moving on to the next one. I didn't bring it up, but I'm going to bring it up now to you guys earlier. I didn't tell you before this. Usually we talk about this, but supposedly somebody's being brought up from NXT. Oh, who? And they're joining 205 Live. I think I, I think I know who you're going to mention. Hideo Atami. Yeah, I, I, I heard about that too before I came in. I forgot about that bit of news. I feel like it's kind of a downgrade because, you know, like, but... Honestly, I don't see him doing much on the main roster, you know, otherwise, you know, he's not big, you know, he's, his style is not like it used to be, it used to be straight up, it was like the super strong style type, you know, but uh, he doesn't really show that much in WWE. Yeah, but the thing I hate about that is, like you said, it's everyone's viewing it as, oh, it's a downgrade. And I know I've mentioned this before, either on this podcast or somewhere else. The only way 205 Live is going to really thrive as a brand, if people want it to thrive, is people need to stop looking at it that way. The wrestlers, like people like Austin Aries and Neville, who have, if the rumors are to be believed, at least with Neville, we know Austin Aries pretty much said fuck you to WWE because they didn't like, he didn't like being on 205 Live. Uh, that's where you're wrong. He, uh, he just did a podcast with Chris Jericho, and he said that he did not request for a release or anything. He just said that they, they told him he had, they had nothing for him, and then they released him. Well, the way I heard it said was that um, that he didn't like being on 205 Live, or at least that's what I heard. Yeah, I but, heard that too, but that's but that's not the thing. He cleared that, that up. Is that Austin Aries or Neville? You're As, Austin Aries. Neville is still technically signed mm-hmm. with WWE, even though he hasn't appeared since his walkout. That one, I think, is still him supposedly not wanting to to job to Enzo or something, or not be, not wanting to be on the Cruiserweight division anymore. Well, I, I hear a lot of people are unhappy with uh, WWE right now. Because, I mean, like there's, there's only a certain amount of spots, and there's so many good wrestlers you have on there now. And you have all the Shield members pretty much taking up spot. You got New Day taking up spots. You know, you have you just have so many people that it's just getting <clears> crowded. <throat> and you have this magnificent wrestling scene going on in Independence right now. So a lot of people would think they could make a lot more money and uh, could probably do a lot more if they were on the Independence. But that's a thing of where 205 Live can actually be a good thing if people stop, you know, seeing it as a downgrade is that it gives then other guys who are smaller and might not be not be as able to compete with the bigger guys on the main shows can give them a chance to shine on 205 Live. Yeah. And, I, and I know 205 Live hasn't been booked um, that strongly from the start. It's starting to pick up a little bit, but when it came when it first came into existence, it wasn't the strongest running start. But again, 
it's only going to survive and actually be allowed to thrive if people stop looking at looking every single time that somebody talented goes down there as oh they're getting a downgrade well you, uh, the only thing i'm saying is hideo tommy being downgraded is he came in with such a big class he came in with kevin owens came in with finn balor i think he know. came in before them a little like a little bit before no them. they came in about the same time they all came in about the same time and who there was one other person i'm trying to remember Oh, pretty big class. But it was there's four of them, and uh, and man, I mean, you expected big things from all of those guys, and you know, Hideo Tommy injuries and just bad luck pretty much have have taken a toll. I expected him to pretty much do what Shinsuke is doing right now, you know, representing Japan, bringing that you know recognition for Japan to the United States. Yeah, and I think that the uh, another issue is that, like, the fans have been kind of rejecting 205 Live. I mean, we've all seen that attendance is low at WWE events right now anyways, but it takes a nosedive when 205 Live, there's just empty seats all over the place. Because they do it after the main event. Well, that, but I mean, like, also, like, the fans who do stay, like, there is the one, um, uh, I think it was an Akira Tozawa match where they had a table spot. Mm. And you can see, like, the front row is all just texting on their phones. Like, <laughs> not having the, the camera phone out to catch the table spot, but just, like, texting on their phones. And everybody was getting on them for being disrespectful to the workers because they're doing a table spot. Yeah. But to me, that's also a sign that 205 Live has been just overall a misstep by the WWE. You can't even get people interested when you're bringing out tables. I think they should just drop the live thing and just do it like they used to do a main event, yeah. like before SmackDown. I think that would work a lot better if that people may would be work very better. excited. You know, good. Personally, I never really thought the Cruiserweight was going to really thrive and I, I think this is really for any era because at least to me it never made sense why only the cruiserweight division is weight-based this does not make any sense to me why there's only the cruiserweights are weight-based and everything else is just pretty much anyone can challenge yeah. if, if, if it was entirely if all of wwe was weight classed i'd understand if there was like cruiserweights light heavyweights heavyweights super heavyweights the way new japan does it i think it could work but when you only have the cruiserweights be the only weight division, it kind of sends a bad, I feel, a bad message. Like, oh, you guys are too light to compete with these guys. It's okay, we'll give you your own division that, you know, you can succeed in. Mm -hmm. At least that's the way I've always looked at it. I mean, I, I always loved the cruiserweights from uh, WCW. I mean, it was some of the most entertaining things. But I don't think the, the WCW cruiserweights needed their own show. Yeah, I, I think that that's part of the issue, and, like, looking at the three-hour Nitro, like, this is the slapping 205 Live onto uh, uh, the SmackDown taping also is kind of damaging in that, like, you can use the cruiserweights in order to help the, the flow of your show. Mm -hmm. That's what WCW always did when you had the three-hour nitros. You know, the first, like, 45 minutes of it was going to be cruiserweight matches. Then yeah. you start moving into the mid-cards. Then you get, like, the big deal cruiserweight match in order to get people pumped up for the last hour. And when you're looking at, like, how Raw is sagging right now, uh, 
Which, I mean, the, the three-hour thing has been every commentator has talked it to death. Jim Cornette has talked it to yeah. death. Bruce, Chris, Bruce, Bruce Pritchard. Uh, Ali Davis uh, over at WrestleTalk. Uh, all of the guys who are now at Cultaholic. Uh, used to be What Culture guys, but they yeah. started their own thing. And, you know, it, it's everybody has said this to death, but if you use the cruiserweights properly, you could keep that energy up for the three-hour show. Yeah. But they don't, so the show just drags. Yeah, and uh, speaking of cruiserweights, did you guys hear uh, who's going to be showing up on 205? Uh, participants from the UK tournament. Yeah, yeah I did hear that, which... All the UK participants are just the ones that meet the cruiserweight um, requirements. Really not sure. I I just seen an ad where it was the Mustache Mountain guys, and uh, well, I which know I know Trent Seven does not meet the cruiserweight. Does not meet it. Yeah, Tyler Bate might. Yeah, but I would think uh, what is it, the Bruiserweight and uh, Pete Dunn and uh, Tyler Bate would make that a little bit more interesting. Yeah, but then that kind of um, that kind of pretty much destroys the whole purpose of 205 Live and Cruiserweights. It's, I mean, I like Pete Dunne, don't get me wrong. And it but could, they are kind of like Cruiserweight type, you know, yeah, like they're not two, extremely buff or... Uh, 205 Live isn't about weight limits, it's about no limits. Oh wait, no, that's the X Division. <laughs> 205... Um, it's no longer pounds. It's uh, what do you have to pay for, to watch this now? It's, it's <laughs> two two hundred and five stone. So anybody yeah. under two hundred and five <laughs> stone. Oh my God! The Big Show showed up. <laughs> He's doing a hurricane rana. <laughs> I'd pay to see that. But spe- but speaking of bringing in new people, that brings that's a good segue into our next bit of news and rumors. Is um a couple of new signings supposedly rumored for wwe one is rockstar spud is possibly coming into wwe and james storm possibly coming back yeah rockstar spud is extremely entertaining i mean the guy is he can be arrogant as hell and he also can wrestle like crazy i think i think yeah with his colorful personality i think he'd do i think he could do really well in wwe if he ended up did coming over no, he mostly has been active in TNA slash GFW slash Impact during a time that I'm not watching it, so I'm not familiar with him at all, but I'm kind of concerned that his name is a, a potato. <laughs> I'm sure he'll come to the, the uh, what is it, the uh, WWE as a chip. <laughs> chip. <laughs> or tater. Rockstar Chip. I, I don't know. WWE's been really good lately about letting independent guys keep their name. Oh, he's not going to be Spud. Rockstar Spud is a TNA name. Not it, We don't know if he owns it or not. He does not. He doesn't own it? I'm pretty sure he doesn't. And he might. Well, either way, I as long as he's in WWE, I don't really care what wrestlers are named. As long as I like them, I, for the most part, I don't care what they're called. Mm-hmm. What about James Storm coming back? What do you guys, especially with Bobby Roode being as big as he is now, you think WWE could bring back beer money? Let let me mention it again. Boring Bobby Roode. (sighs) Boring. 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 Great. Now we just lost all of our Bobby Roode fans as listeners. Thanks for that. Well, you know, got to have a different opinion, every one of us. Not not if it's wrong. (laughs) Well, Well, I don't believe it's wrong. He bores the hell out of me. And... James Storm, 
I feel like I I, I kind of feel like he spurred the chance to jo- join WWE, you know, and uh, but I don't know. He didn't really seem like he fit very well last time he was there. Well, you can't really seem get a good fit or know if the fit is good if you're only there for like two matches. It's like three three matches. Look, guys, he's gonna come back and do five matches this time, and then, <laughs> and then be go back TNA. at GFW. Yeah. Oh, oh, yep. TNA Impact, Impact. What 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 do they even go by at this point? Uh, well, no, they're the Canadian the other Impact. Did you hear about that also? What they are a Canadian uh, promotion now. They do not long no longer work in uh, the USA. Ah, uh, I know it's the. I wonder I, what uh, that's all about. I can't wait to see the uh, death of, uh, what is it, TNA GFW Impact Canadian, uh, you know, uh, in the future. I can't wait to read that book. Maybe it should be Canadian Force Wrestling, CFW. I wouldn't mind watching that. You know, I just, I, I don't understand what that company has been doing, ever, really. I mean, they, they always seem, like, poised at that point where, like, Oh, just pull the trigger and you can be the number two. And then they screw everything up every time. This is what I don't get. Especially when in an environment where wrestling is thriving like crazy, you know. Like outside on the independents, you know. They cannot get one single thing right, it seems like. They're like, we're bringing back Jeff Jarrett. Oh, shit. Jeff well, Jarrett's a drunkard, and he's well, he's out there wrestling drunk. Well, yeah. that's well, that's the sad thing about it is the one thing TNA has always done right is with the talent they choose to sign. Yes. For, for the longest time, they actually had better talent than the WWE when you really thought about it, but oh. nobody watched it because they weren't being used right. Like AJ Styles wasn't being used right. Samoa Joe wasn't being used right. The about the glorious only... Bobby Roode <clears throat> wasn't being used right. I don't know. I feel like he got a fair shot in TNA. Oh yeah, he, he no, did get a fair shot. for a while he was not getting a fair shot. I remember particularly there was a like two and a half year long feud between him and Eric Young that just would not end. And every time they got to the blow off match. They would book some swerve into it to yes. keep the feud going, and it was like, just make it stop. And with, I, it, with Tracy Brooks. Oh, yeah, Tracy Brooks, Brooks. Yep, Ms. Brooks was in, uh, involved, and it was like, I don't even remember what happened in the feud this time. I just remember, like, just make it stop. You guys have fought at the past 13 consecutive pay-per-views. Make it stop. Yeah, it was pretty horrible. So... But but now we're going to get that again, Phil, because remember, Eric Young's in WWE now with Sanity. <laughs> it's just, like, I don't know. Like, they're, and they're different performers now. They have different styles. Yeah. They could fight again, and it would bring something new and interesting to the table. It's just, like, when you have two guys, who, like Randy Orton and John Cena, if the two of them ever have another match... <laughs> We've all seen, even if you're not a wrestling fan, I bet you've seen a John Cena and Randy Orton match. I, I forget who made this joke, but I use it every time I think of those two wrestling again. It's it's, it's John Cena versus Randy Orton, or as I like to call it, it's like whenever I hear, they're like, oh my gosh, John Cena won the Royal Rumble. 
he's going to take on Randy Orton. <laughs> and that was like a, um, this past Royal Rumble when Randy Orton won the Royal Rumble and John Cena was world champion. Yeah. I was like, oh, thank God Randy won it instead of Roman Reigns. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, yes. no. Yes. <laughs> it, it's going to be Orton versus Cena. Oh, God. Yeah, you're like, oh. Man, seriously. I, I actually would have preferred that than what they did to Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania with, with Randy Orton personally. Yeah, and let's go ahead and save that for... Next episode, because we're, we want to talk about what's positive about the wrestling business Yay! today, which is our main topic. So I, th I think we'll start off with the easy one, because not to say that there's going to be harder positive things to say about wrestling today. It's just because of the state of WWE particularly right now, we're yeah. probably going to be more focused on the negative, but I think everyone can agree right off the bat that the in-ring product is so much better than it ever was back in the old days. Well, yeah, I agree. And there's um, a thing that uh, is kind of occurring with the in-ring product right now. Um, I don't know if you know this, but they, they adjust IQ tests. Like, when you take an IQ test when you're a kid, that gets adjusted because the average person should have an IQ of 100. So right in the middle there is 100. And then you adjust it for outside factors. And so IQ over the years has actually continually needed to be adjusted down because we are actually, as a species, getting smarter. Hmm. Um, like, somebody who's like a 115 today would have been like a 130 10 years ago yeah so you're seeing that same thing in the wrestling business right now where we've had so many six star matches this year we have to redefine the star system or dave <laughs> Meltzer does at least and we're gonna have to scale the stars back and things that used to be a five star match are only gonna be like a four star match well dave Meltzer just needs to stop having a boner for japanese wrestling <laughs> i i'm sorry i like japanese wrestling too but for the love of God, Dave Meltzer, Japanese wrestlers aren't the only ones capable of having a five-star match. Yeah, I think he's kind of more uh, harsh on the WWE, if anything. Well, I mean, they're the big guys, so you also need to expect more from them. Yeah, but I mean, like, there has been some really great matches that have came out, and he has given them, like, yeah, three point seven five stars, or, you know, or four, four and yeah. a half, which which are nice ratings, but they deserve better. Like the one that I'm I'm gonna take to my grave as being an atrocity that he did not give it five stars is still the revival versus DIY, the two out of three falls match for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Yeah, the the finish specifically for anyone who's trying to remember what match I'm talking about because they had a lot of really good matches was the match where Ciampa and Gargano had both members of the Revival in a submission, and the members of the Revival are, like, right by each other, so they're, like, holding each other's hands, trying to mm -hmm. keep each other from tapping. <laughs> and, it, mm -hmm. and that was such a beautiful end of that match with so many great false finishes. Oh, it was That should have been a five-star match. Yeah, um, but... Again, like with the uh, product getting consistently better and people getting more uh, in ring, like things that would have been entertaining a few years ago just seem passe now. Well, that's why I say um, a lot of the old timer guys like um, Cornette, who are all bitching about, oh, guys in the ring today don't do, do too much. And it's because of that exact thing. It's like, well, sorry, Jim, but because of wrestling being as readily available today, 
as it is compared to when it was back then, the stuff that that was able to entertain people back then just isn't enough anymore. So they kind of have to, if they want to keep people interested. It is way more exciting than it used to be. I mean, like they're doing all kinds of stuff now. So, I mean, like going through tables, doing there. I mean, when you're, you're a regular move now is a suicide dive. I mean, back in the day, you didn't see a suicide dive ever, unless it was like some random Japanese guy came from uh, Japan and he's wrestling on WCW and doesn't, you're like, what? You know, or yeah. Rey Mysterio does it, you know. It was just rare. I remember actually when I was a kid, uh, like, I, it probably would have been right around the time I was going into high school, or maybe I was already in high school at the point, but there was, um, uh, I was reading an after mag that talked about how uh, Jeff Hardy uh, does uh, waste over-the-top sp- dangerous spots and it mm. was bringing up on monday night raw during a match that has no meaning he allowed himself to be thrown over the top rope yeah and it's like like i i remember that article specifically and i'm looking at it now like that happens like eight times a match exactly man you know people do uh what is it uh oh what is it moonsaults onto people all the time now it's like i i would be i i think i might have to go next time i watch the wrestling i think i'm gonna count every time that happens now (laughs) or or better yet just how the super kick is now becoming a move that just about anybody does yeah like back when michael sean michaels was first wrestling that of course was the finisher and the go the go home move but now you see the young bucks doing it you see Dolph ziggler doing it you do blah 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 and i and that's just a natural progression, you know, because, like, the DDT is now a move everybody Exactly. Uses. Jake the Snake Roberts invented the DDT. Great move. Uh, and then it was a awesome finisher that was just devastating looking at its time. And now it's like, I'll take seven DDTs during the course of this yeah. match, including one onto the concrete. Oh, let me just do a tornado DDT, and you can get up right afterwards. Yeah. It's like... It's like I don't know. Some things need to be. You need to stop doing so much. But that's the thing is, we they do a lot of moves nowadays. A lot of different moves. And that's actually something else I think is good about um the the. It's kind of an offshoot of the in ring product, but I actually like the fact, and a lot of people have complained about this, that finishers don't end matches anymore. I actually kind of think that's a good thing because. And makes the matches less predictable. Because if finishers are always what ends the match, then it kind of takes out that that excitement when you of uh, when is the match gonna end. Because oh, we just saw him hit the tombstone, that's the finisher. Okay, this is the end of the match. Now yeah. because matches can end at any moment, it's like, oh my god, you know, will it will it be the tombstone? Will it be the the old school or any move? It's like, yeah, to one extent it it diminishes the power of the finisher, but like I said, but then again, it builds up more suspension, suspension, suspense for the match itself, which I think is more important than one individual move. Yeah. But, uh, in addition to that, you can also kind of see that as a negative though, in, in that the, uh, uh, wrestling is storytelling and every match tells a story and when you have the finishers that keep on getting hit over and over again it's kind of like the return of the the king um 
of like, oh my god, this is the eighth ending. Just yeah. just in the match now, okay? Oh, all right, we've had the five false finishes. We're ready to end it now. Okay, the Eagles came like two yeah. falls ago in this match. Sam's making the gay eyes to Frodo's already. <laughs> Come on, you know. Just hit the RKO and let's go home, yeah. okay? Uh, but, uh, um... It, Sam! <laughs> although I can oh, no. see that... No. Throwing out the traditional structure can also be a good and positive thing in that it does add an era of unpredictability. You just have to make sure that you you have a structure still and are able to tell a story. But in terms of how we've been conditioned, that can sometimes mess up the story. Yeah. Mm. Um, I will say, like, a good example of, like, the false finishes, though, was uh, uh, one of the six-star Kenny Omega matches with... Uh, uh, yeah, where it was like, uh, dude hit three finishers and Kenny Omega kept on trying to hit his and couldn't yeah. get it off. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, oh, you see, that made it super interesting because it's like, Kenny Omega is tough because he just took three finishers. And oh, man, that has to be frustrating because he can't even hit his. Mm -hmm. mm. And that's why that got six stars. That actually is another good segue into another really good thing about wrestling today, I think. And this is more for the performers more than it is for us, the fans. But more outlets for the wrestlers themselves to be successful. Because back in the day, we all know pretty much WWE was the only real place you could be successful. Eh, WCW. Yeah, I was about to say, possibly WCW. ECW was popular and had a really strong fan base. But the wrestlers themselves really couldn't survive with what they were making. And when ROH first got taken off, I think it was about the same. But now there's like a million other places wrestlers can go to be successful. WWE isn't the be-all, end-all. We see it with like Cody Rhodes right now. Young Bucks. The Young Bucks. So it's, so, and it's all the guys in New Japan. So these other promotions growing is good for the, yeah, good the for the wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, good for the overall business. And it's actually something that you just see throughout history in every type of business or just the world is that uh, you you see like steps into a different direction and then eventually there will be pushed back to the old direction and then the old direction will take a new path. Um, so like right now what we're seeing is kind of like a reversion back into the territory system. You know, you got like, guys who aren't under contract per se like cody rhodes isn't under contract yeah. with anyone well technically he is now under contract with roa yeah. oh he did he actually is, sign yeah. a yeah, full he, contract he's officially signed or a full exclusive contract. contract yeah i guess you didn't listen to that one episode we did bill <laughs> well i'm sorry we're going through parenting classes and you're stuff. forgiven <laughs> we're gonna be parents Congratulations. Yeah, good. Yeah, you do. little bit of news for our um, code here. They're going to be parents soon. Yeah, well, two of our, our marks are going to be parents soon. Nick, he's he's not here because... Uh, His wife is going to uh, pop, pop any day now. Yeah. Yep. So And and our buddy here, Phil, is going to... He and his wife are going to adopt a child, yes. so that's good for both of them. Uh, he did say that he would reenact the birth, so that should be pretty interesting. <laughs> oh, Nick is going to come on here and reenact No, birth? you are. Oh. Uh, but to, to show that you're having the baby, you know. 
They're gonna be like, Nimi had a child. Someone's <laughs> gonna have to crawl back, crawl in there, and you know, come back out. All right, this but just anyway. went down a really yeah. dark place, <laughs> and it's a big tangent. Anyway, back to wrestling. To hear more, go to PhilSpecialPlace.com. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, like for a while there, Cody was not under contract with anyone though, and you were seeing him pop up in GFW for like a month, and yeah. then. Hop over to Ring of Honor for a couple of matches, and then what culture pro wrestling and and uh, just hitting all New Japan, PWG, yeah, and just like uh, uh, being able to generate interest into these smaller promotions, having guys not have to be under like an exclusive contract, like hey, things aren't working for me here. I can go ahead and hop over into, you know, Chikara or whatnot. Well, Chikara is not really that big of a deal anymore. No, it isn't, which is sad, but, you know. Uh, I can hop down to, like, AAA in Mexico, and they'll treat me good. Well, NWA is making a comeback, too. Billy Corgan bought NWA, yeah. Yeah, and, and he's um, been showing some, uh, was it, 10 Pounds of Gold videos on YouTube. Check them out. I haven't yet, but I will. And then, and the other nice thing about this whole, you know, this not being the be-all end-all for WWE guys, if guys do end up going to WWE, they leave and go to these other places and show off what they can do, it then brings up the possibility that they can come back to WWE, mm. and now that WWE has seen what they can do when given the right direction, what they can now achieve on the big stage. Biggest of, example of this right now, of course, being Drew McIntyre. One of my favorite, uh, what is it, NXT outcasts was, uh, well, you know, uh, Juice Robinson right now. He's making it big time in NW, I mean, in, uh, New Japan. Uh, what was it in uh, NXT? He was the what is it? The TJ. What's it? TJ Parker? No, no, no. Parker. He was Parker something. But uh, he pretty much was the environmental guy. Yeah, that that was pretty much the jobber. You know, all the time. I felt sad for him because he could wrestle. I mean, he's always proved it, but he always seemed to be, oh, you know, somebody's first match, you know, coming in. Kevin Owens came in. Let's put him against, I think it is TJ Parker or something like that. So, I'm pretty CJ, done. CJ Parker. That's what it was. CJ. Yeah, Parker. but, I, but I, I knew what you were talking about, this sort of hippie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Say the environment, man. You know. But, yeah, I agree that it's a great, you know, they can go and find good characters reinvent themselves come back to wwe like drew mcintyre did you know or even uh jinder mahal even though he did i don't know yeah i guess he did he was more of a comic yeah i'd say comical he, character before he left i say he counts just because even though he didn't really go out and reinvent himself like drew mcintyre did yeah. he did leave come back and out of nowhere get a push so i, I yeah, guess dude it was super shredded that was the thing I, I guess it counts no carbs and he takes all of his no carbs with the needle yeah oh let's not promote that stare that stuff uh, i bet you like throwing that rumor back out there sorry <laughs> doesn't matter because he lost the title now you, you mean the ginger juice the ginger juice <laughs> Guys, stop hindering gender. Yeah. All right. So, so what's the next one? The next positive? Well, I, I, I talk a lot about what I think is positive right. about the business today. What about you guys? What do you think about business compared to today? What it was then is better. Well, I think that the uh, amount of outlets for the business um, is something like 
Okay, like, let's just think about where we've come in the past, like, 50 years, okay? It used to be, like, pre-1980s, pre-Vince McMahon. The only way that you could watch wrestling was on, like, the UHF station at your house if you watch the TV or shell out money in order to go see it live. And that was usually once a month, too. Yeah, and that was, like, once a month they would hold a wrestling show. But now, like, like, you can... Order the WWE Network, watch wrestling uh, all the time there. You can go on YouTube and watch it. Like, a lot of different shows on cable television between uh, WWE's two shows on USA, GFW, Impact, TNA, whatever. New Japan is on uh, cable now. Yep. There's the Fight app, which has a couple, a number of wrestling shows Ring of on Honor it. is on cable as well, I believe. Yes. Yep. So, like, you know, you got five promotions on cable. You've got YouTube, where you can look up highlights and ingest it in different ways. You've got the WWE Network. Like, you're covered. If you want to watch wrestling, you can watch wrestling. Wrestling overload. <laughs> and, yeah, that can easily turn into a negative as well. But that's your own fault if you do that. Yeah. So Yeah, so that's really not on the business. That's on you as an individual. We've all been there. We've all been where we were like, Oh man, I just watched wrestling five days in a row. Um, and then you're like, man, I, I'm, I need to get away from this a little bit. And then you go to like a, a temple or something and you pray for a little bit. <laughs> and, well, then, and then you have an epiphany that you need more wrestling. I do remember though that like a couple of years ago was when I realized that because it was like the Monday Night Wars, you watched Monday night. There was also like Saturday uh, yeah. night on WCW and you had superstars for WWF, but those weren't really that big a deal. Yeah. Uh, but like... I remember a few years ago, my wife and I were talking. It's like, okay, wait a second. Raw on Monday, and then on Tuesday, it's ECW, and then on Wednesday, we have a break. But then on Thursday, it's Impact, and then Friday, it's uh, SmackDown, and then on Saturday, it's OVW and HWA. There is wrestling on almost every day of the... Mm. And then pay-per-views every month. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that is awesome, man. You, there's so many outlets now. So yeah. It's just great. Just I agree with all your guys' points, pretty much. I, I don't think I can, uh, you know, uh, put anything over that. So, And I guess then the um, last thing I can think of than other minor stuff, but the last really big thing is I also think gimmicks have gotten a lot better over the years because I know in the rock and wrestling era of wrestling, everything was cartoony because that's where the business was. But even with the Attitude Era, a lot of the gimmicks were kind of a little a little silly and a little cartoony, even though some of them were amazing and everything. I like the gimmicks now of how much they kind of blend reality or I, I won't say blend reality. I guess I should say it's a nice, it's a nice mixture of reality and silly because every now and then we get a real gimmick or a real a gimmick that feels very real like Kevin Owens and guys like him. But then every once in a while we get a gimmick that's just kind of silly and just meant to be fun. Like, like Elias Sampson. Well, see, I think, I think it should be more silly to be honest i feel that's always been with wrestling it's you always had some you had many serious things but you also need 
a little bit uh, silly every once in a while. That's why you always had your Santino and, you know, and, uh, or your Doink the Clown. Doink the Clown, yeah. So, you know, I feel like you need that, but you don't see it as much, but you have little doses of it nowadays. Like, uh, New Day comes out, you know, and do what, a goofy thing. I think what? Joey Ryan is, like, one of the best silly wrestlers out there right now because the dick spot cracks me up. Every single time. And we have, like, legit people now taking the dick spot. Like, Mick Foley and Cody Rhodes yeah. up there taking the dick spot. Well, as far as the silly gimmick goes, I say there are two types of silly wrestlers. There's silly serious, and then there's silly jobber. And what I mean by that is there's the silly serious, which is, like, guys like The New Day. Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho. Guys who are kind of there to make you laugh, but they're also serious competitors that when they get into the ring, you take them seriously and think that they can win. Then there's the silly jobbers, which is James Ellsworth, which is his whole thing is just to pretty much make you laugh, mm. and he's not meant to be taken seriously as a, as a competitor. And both are fine. They both have their place. It's just knowing, you know, which one is best suited to you. Or the character, I should say. Yeah, I agree. It's a bit, you know, just uh, the silliness is it's not as not as goofy as it used to be, but it's it's a, a nice little mix. So I, I we have a well balanced roster now, and Re it's remember in the Attitude Era when things swung wildly in the opposite direction <laughs> of silly though, and like wrestling went through its dark and gritty period. Yeah. You had, like, XPW, and it's like, oh, well, I mean, something's got to be silly at some point here. Like, we have the Messiah, and we have, yeah. like, these barbed wire. Like, just give me something a little goofy. Oh, look, a clown. This will be happy. Why is the clown at a playground? <laughs> Why does he have a shovel at the playground? <laughs> and that's right. XPW, one of their wrestlers, was a child-murdering clown. Mm. And it's like, oh, good God, wrestling, lighten up a little bit. <laughs> I did like XPW. <laughs> oh. I, I love the goopy stuff, man, like the electrocution and Oh, yeah, stuff. The, but I mean, like, they try to go with this, like, super dark and gritty aura about it. Like, everybody wore black yeah. and do it for her. <laughs> <laughs> Which, Jimmy Jacobs was in that, and... You know who else? Hmm. Seth Rollins. Oh. Yes. Like when he was Tyler Black? Yes. That was before the ROH days, I believe. I gotta say, just because you said Seth Rollins, I'm, I, 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 I seriously feel sorry for the guy, because both of his wrestling names are much better than his actual name. I'm sorry. But Seth Rollins and Tyler Black have a much nicer ring to him than Colby Lopez. Colby! Colby Jack. I thought is, it was Cody, but Col no Colby. C O L B Y. He he should definitely uh is his middle name Jack? I, I don't know. It's some Colby Jack. You should meet his his brother Monterey. Monterey. No. And his sister <laughs> and, and his sister Pepper. Yep. <laughs> Pepper Jack. Archie Spicy. Oh. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry, Seth, don't come and curb stomp me. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't do the curb stomp anymore. No, no but I always that. imagine that he does because I love that finisher. And he mm. did it better than anyone. I don't know. Uh, what's his name? Paul Burchill. Paul Burchill's mm. looked more brutal, but Seth's looked more impressive. Like, I, wow, yeah. he's jumping on your face from like five feet in the air. That's one of the great things about Seth Rollins. He executes moves excellent. Mm. Well, that goes back to our in-ring performance thing. Yes. 
Also, I will say this as well, like, uh, um, especially on the indies where people are, like, given a little bit more freedom in their character and can, mm-hmm. like, do their own promos and stuff. I will say this about pro wrestling. The acting portion of it has gotten so much better. Like, going back and watching some old promos, like, you'd always have the guys who are really good at it, like Randy Savage. Oh, and, yeah uh uh hulk hogan was entertaining but then you'd have like you know like ultimate warrior or oh hands down the worst promo guy ever he's like or then you'd have bret hart where it's like hold on one second take this plank of wood yeah i can't really see the difference wrong wrong i'd say he was probably one of the best promo guys you you guys know I mean, he would deliver an effective promo, but it was, like, his natural charisma and, like, showmanship in his words It would be in the same monotone uh, voice, but the dude, he could speak just wonders of, uh, just make it believable. I am am appalled that both of you did not mention the greatest promo man of that era in Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Oh, that guy. He's the worst. (laughs) But yeah, uh, but I mean, like, looking at, like, people's promos of the past versus promos of today, like, I never really feel like I'm watching that that awkward of a promo where I'm like... Even the bad ones. Yeah, except with one exception, and that is in the WWE... When guys forget their lines and end up blowing the entire promo because they're so hardcore about you will say what is in the script. And yeah. you've got like Callisto. Lucha things. Lucha things. You've got, um. What's we'll do his... a lot of good lucha things. Titus, uh, giving that one incredibly painful promo. Titus O'Neil. Like, yeah. Uh, I, I remember it was like. Callisto just put out the worst promo possible. Like, <laughs> nobody's going to touch this. And then Titus is like, hold my beer. Yeah. Uh, it was like against Darren Young. And he's like, Darren, we were in the the M, the 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 M, impact. Impact player. Does he have a stuttering gimmick now? <laughs> and then it's like, and, and, and you carried me. I mean, I carried you. Yeah. Oh, oh, funny. So it seemed like somebody showed up to the meeting where he must have just got a script before he walked out or something. Yeah. You're, you're half the man I am, and I'm yeah. half as smart as you are. <laughs> you're half the man that I am, and I have half the brains that you do. Uh, I just listened to Bruce Pritchard's uh, Bret Hart thing, and uh, what was it? Uh, Bret Hart accused Sid Vicious of... Uh, uh, knowing what was going on, he's like, I don't know shit! <laughs> you know? And, and Bruce Pritchard was like, yep, that's right. That's his vibe, right? Psycho Sid was uh, always... Him and Scott Steiner were the two, Oof, like... The best. Th- but the the thing was, is that they worst were, like, the, the worst best. Yeah. Like, it was, like, so much of a train wreck, but you couldn't look away. They, it was such an entertaining train they wreck. Were, they were, like, the room of wrestling promos. Pretty much. But, yeah, no, I mean, I don't, I can't think of, like, any of the guys in the WWE except for Callisto and Apollo, uh, or not Apollo. Oh, Apollo, great. He's pretty awful. On well, it. but again, like he said, they're, they're bad, but they're not so bad to where it's like, oh my god, I wanna, I wanna stab my own ears out. It's like, it's not Kali it's, bad. It's like, it's, pla- it's oh, Kali. Kali, I'm Kali here. can't even speak English. <laughs> Actually, he can. He can. And, 
It was just his gimmick that he couldn't. Didn't you love when he showed up and, like, he, he took the belt from Jinder and was, like, raising it up yeah. like he won it and stuff? Ugh. We, we so, have to give him one moment back. I heard on a, a, a really funny story with Kali where a, a fan at, like, one of the WWE in England shows uh, trolled him into breaking gimmick and speaking English to him. It was just the dude started heckling him mercilessly from, like, the front ringside seat. Yeah. And then at one point, like... The, the place went dead because, you know, Kali matches are never interesting. Oh, so no. yeah. the place went completely silent. And then the guy in the front row just started screaming, you know how Bret Hart said that a great wrestler would uh, be able to get a five-star match out of a broom? Well, in that particular scenario, you, sir, would be the broom. <laughs> and Kali just looked at him and was like, oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, he he is honestly like what I imagine Kali like is like when I used me and my sisters used to fight, you know, and they would do like the rotating arms things. Yeah, because all he did was the chops. He was just like trying to defend himself, chop and chop and chop and chop. And right there is actually where we have the best change in professional wrestling yes. today. We only get occasional cameos from the great colleague. Look at the big guys now. I mean, these guys are doing moonsaults and fucking just going nuts, doing suicide dives. You got Luke Harper, um, extremely underrated, by the way. But uh, he can do about anything like any kind of wrestler can do. You know? Yeah, you know, I thought Luke Harper is the guy who really should have gotten Undertaker's spot. Like he's big, he's athletic, kind of creepy looking. He's creepy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, when he does that creepy eye thing, like, yeah. he just stares at you, you just like, you're just like, I'm like, man, this guy's fucked up. And we also know, like, even though WWE's in a PG era, they do like to whip out, like, big, more intense spots for the pay-per-views, and we know from where he's from, he'll do pretty much anything. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely have the best era of big guy wrestlers, because, I'm sorry, but, I know I'm gonna get probably lynched for this, but, Andre the Giant wasn't that good of a wrestler. I'm sorry, he wasn't. He was um, depends on what era. Early days, amazing wrestler. Mm. Are you now eighty, late eighties? Uh, WWE, awful wrestler. Great, almost compared to the great Kali type well, wrestling. Well, well, even if you look at other big wrestlers from that era, like Haystacks Calhoun. Oh my God, Haystacks oh. Calhoun could not wrestle his way out of a paper bag. No, yeah, I mean, he was, he was, the big thing was, is he was huge, you know? Yeah, like, the, back then, re big wrestlers were just attractions, like, hey, come see this big guy that you're not likely to see in your town. Yeah. There was the one guy who actually weighed close to a thousand pounds, I forget really? his name, but... Giant uh, Gonzalez? No, no, this <laughs> no, that was, guy was like, he's like 200 pounds, like seven yeah. foot tall. It was I this know. guy in the 60s who weighed, like, literally a thousand pounds, and it's like, uh, he is the heaviest wrestler ever ever on record but i mean i guarantee you his entire match was like take a step and get winded oh i mean yeah i mean you get people like braun Strowman nowadays this dude looks like i see him doing like a drop kick almost every match and i'm like big guys are not supposed to do that but you know like it's impressive to see him do that I remember the first time I saw the Big Show do a drop kick and i was yeah. like back when he was the giant in wcw and it's like what oh, i know <laughs> <laughs> the giant oh but yeah um um 
I, I would say that like uh, uh, the big guys are a lot better than big guys used to be. Big guys used to just be lumbering guys, and I mean like that was I mean it fit with the era. Yeah. Um, I mean, they should always be slower than the fast guys, but with the fast guys having gotten so fast, it makes sense to have the big guys play some catch-up. Well, you know, uh, another thing is, is a great thing about these days, is accepting uh, height-wise. Because, I mean, to be a champion, a world champion now, you don't have to be six foot five. You know, you don't have to be almost 300 pounds full of muscle, you know? You could be like Daniel Bryan, be like, uh, what is he, like six foot, you know? Six foot even, yeah. Or Shawn Michaels, you know? like Or AJ Styles. Yeah, I mean, like, you, you just have to have the athleticism. You know, show off your talent. Be the best that you can be. And you that they actually reward people with merit. Because, I mean, like, you had, you had, like, Ricky Steamboat, you know, that didn't get a world title, you know, shot. You know, even though he was probably one of the best workers ever. You know, and uh, I mean that was just during the time of the Hulk Hogan, the yeah. the Ultimate Warrior, the the Andre the Giant. Well, and I mean you got a um, uh, different time and different era. Like you didn't need a championship in order to be one of the best of all time back That's then. That's true. I mean championships weren't handed out like they are today. Well, not handed out, but exchanged quite as much as they were back then it was like uh uh at one point like uh uh i forget what it was but david otunga made a comment about like these men captured gold and that's a very hard thing to do and it's like uh uh i think there's like one guy on the roster right now who's never held any title yeah and that's Sami Zayn. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a good, I think that's a good stopping point because saying that actually can lead us in our part two of what we find wrong with wrestling today. Oh, I have plenty of this. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. I, I think that this will end up being a six-parter with this yeah. being part one and then the negative being the next five parts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so and guys, then the chicken! You guys got anything to plug? Um, I got my new hairline to plug. Oh, I can tell. <laughs> that's like a chia pet on top of his head right now uh well uh we got the uh um the if you guys like wrestling you guys like tabletop games all three of us participated in an online uh uh wwe inspired D D shenanigans bs uh halloween stream so you should definitely check that out on real visual productions youtube yes i i role played as dean ambrose or a character based off dean ambrose and i also did mankind and i was uh the ayatollah of rock and rolla chris jericho and two of our friends who were with uh who were with us that aren't recording this with us were were gold dust and finn balor it was quite impressive or especially those other two the costumes they wore were freaking amazing yes but yeah um uh definitely check that out and uh uh we also do other streams as well we're gonna have an unboxing uh and press and plays in our normal game as well that's really what I got the plug. That's fine. I'm just going to um, plug my porn site. Eric does the world. Uh, it's not real. 
but uh, one day it will be. <laughs> <laughs> Eric is uh, 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 he's learning from the best right now with Harvey Weinstein and yes. Louis C.K. and Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. <laughs> I've been doing the Louis C.K. for a long um, time. No. They, they think they're going <laughs> to get just by George, myself. <laughs> they think they think they might get George Decay, but there might be a little misunderstanding there. Yeah, I don't think I want that, but you know, got to keep open minded, right? <laughs> All right, I guess that's um it for for this episode of Marks of the Roundtable. Just make sure you follow us at uh Marks on the Roundtable on Twitter, and also check us out on iTunes. Spread the word, please. Yes, get us out there, and you can also follow us individually. I'm at press underscore ton three one seven on Twitter. Yes, and I'm at uh, Eric Wooker at Twitter, and uh, I'm at Real Visual Productions on Twitter. And check that out, really. It's uh, really good. We have a we have a lot of stuff on there. And, I mean, like, we made money off a web series. So check it out. Get us more money. Yes, check it out. We, will, we need more money. Please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll catch you guys next time. Right. Join us back at the table.